Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Black Girls Rock. We rock, but guess what? We are not rocks. We are soft and fuzzy. We are everything that we need to be to be women. I just want us to sit back and relax tonight and really talk about some things that probably we haven't talked about in a long while. Have you ever thought about those things that trigger emotions and make you really, really think about what you're thinking about and put you in a place of um, gratitude and sometimes in a place where you never felt safe and sometimes they trigger good emotions and sometimes they trigger those really sad emotions. So have you ever been around a person, you know, when they tell you that famous, uh, we need to talk? Man, listen. I don't know about you guys, but it puts my stomach in a knot. It sends me into a place of defensiveness. Like I instantly feel like somebody coming for me. And sometimes it don't even be about that. It's about maybe at one point in time, I've had somebody say that and I waited anxiously for them to tell me what we need to talk about and the results were negative. And then there were times that I actually, somebody told me that and guess what? When I waited patiently, and I do mean waited patiently, somehow or another it all worked out for the glory of God. But somewhere in me was this feeling of uneasiness, anxiousness. I was just so been out of shape that I didn't really know how to feel. And I'm waiting and waiting and waiting for this person to tell me what they need to tell me, but they're also controlling my emotions because when they're not telling me and and they don't know what this little pent-up aggression inside of me is about, it's because all day long, if I'm not around that person, guess what? The other people I'm around will know that my mind is not there. It's somewhere else. It could be a God telling me we need to talk. It could be a a, a, a a job employment telling me we need to talk. It used to either be my mother when she say, Trisha Ann, when you get home, we need to talk. I'm like, oh God, I want to get it all over with now. It's like waiting for the other shoe to fall. And then there's that other one, you know, you pretty, but, or you do a great job, but. Right? So it's always that waiting on the other side of somebody else's butts. That's cool, right? We're always there waiting for what they're going to say after their butt. You're pretty, but you do a good job, but I would like to date you, but you know, this might work out, but my mama likes you, but your daughter is doing good in school, but. Your father is not coming home, but we'll be all right. So I want to talk to us today about some things that are called triggers. 
Since it's Thursday, I figure today we'll call it Thursday triggers. Triggers that <sighs> are things for me that just raise my anxiety. I get knots in my stomach sometimes. And they, I'm telling you, at the other side, when me and this person work it out or talk it out, I'm okay. But in between that moment of something, it could be a smell, it could be a scent, anything. So let's just get into what are truck triggers, right? So like I said, we've all been there before. Someone raises his or her voice and we feel shaky. I wasn't raised to be nervous all the time, but I noticed that sometimes when people's voices are a certain level or octone and it's too high, people get very anxious. Even a door slamming and, and be it, they become instantly afraid, right? They instantly fear for the worst. Someone even acts aggressively and we go to pieces. I remember the one abusive um, situation I got myself in. The next boyfriend I had was so nice and sweet and loving and I couldn't even really, if he even wanted to talk about anything or seem like we was getting ready to get into a conflictable relationship or anything that was going to cause conflict, I would automatically cut it off and break up or I would either start yelling and screaming, try to beat him to the punch. Because I remembered the last time I had that feeling in my stomach that we need to talk or the voice is raised and all of that stuff happening, it didn't end too well. So I want to talk to you guys today, um, you know, about this. Whenever any of these things happen, it's likely that it has triggered an emotion. We ain't going to even say it's likely. We know that it has triggered an emotion. We find ourselves in a common stimulus response pattern. That means that the stimuli around us, what's going on in the environmental is not... Uh, 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 healthy for us, right? That stimuli and both of the examples that I gave you, the information has been confused with the personal, right? So we, we start thinking that, oh, it wasn't meant that way when they say, oh, I, we got to talk or you do a good job, but, but these kinds of statements are addressed you know, in, in the reasoning part of our brain. So it's called the prefrontal cortex. These things are addressed where we reason with everything, right? The trigger reacts, reaction happens in the limbic. So, or the emotional center of the brain. So rational explanations don't help. We don't want to hear that shiggity at that point. It's like, I can't handle, I can't hear what you're saying because I'm caught up in my emotions. Even though people mean well, but they will be speaking in a cerebral or cerebral language to our brain, to someone who can now only speak limbic. I'm already in action, right? My limbic, right? Part of my brain, it, 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 it doesn't have a reasoning. All I hear is the butts and the negative part of it. That part is not, it is of us, we're not, cannot, 
and will not listen to reason. We cannot, will not, and cannot listen to reason. This is something I'm trying to get across to people. And as I have gotten older and became a life coach and a job coach, I, I'm, I'm sorry, recovery coach. I'm learning more about, more about what words trigger me and what things are being said to me. And I rebuke them. I send them back to the pits of hell because you will not put me in, in, in bondage due to you're not knowing how to communicate with me. So let's talk about we need how we can equip ourselves for some tools. So we all have it. Right? We all have it in us to respond to a trigger rather, rather than to react to it. Right? I like to, whoa, wait a minute, hold up. I'm a reactor. Like, you you coming too far. But I'm learning how to equip myself with some tools to respond versus react. So let's get into it. What is a trigger? A trigger is any word person, event, or experience that touches off an immediate emotion and, and, and reaction. Anything that makes us go into an emotional reaction. It's like being startled by a noise, but the noise is the trigger. The startling is the response. Let me tell you again. It's like being startled by a noise. The noise is the trigger. The startling is your response. So you responded by being startled, but the noise was what triggered you. Gunshots. Boom, boom, boom. The gunshots are your triggers, but the response to what you do, you could drop, stop, drop, and roll, right? You can go into your own gunshed or whatever you do, that's your response. But the gunshots is what startled you. Right? It, I mean, what triggered you? So, our reaction to our emotional triggers are often excessive, lasting longer than what makes sense for, <laughs> for the event. Yeah, we go off. Like, it lasts longer than anything we've ever... You know, it's like, you respond to it and it was like a second. That gunshot, boom. And you still talking about it. You still responding to it. You're, uh, you're feeling unsafe because it's triggered something in you. Right? So it's as if we're still jumping at the sound of that slam door hours later. Now somebody else slam a door and you're still jumping. You're still reacting to the, the to the stimuli right not all triggers let's just be clear are negative they can also stimulate joy or happy memories like when we smell a flower for me it's that baked smell when i smell ooh, i love it i love it love it love it when i smell that baked smell right they're not all negative they can also stimulate that place in your brain that has joy in it and peace and happiness and bring you to a place when you see like a, a photo of something that happened that was beautiful or an event. Still, we usually use triggers to describe a negative stimuli. We don't call triggers triggers for nothing. We say it triggered us and people think it automatically negative. They don't think it, it it stimulated you 
to a place where you are excited about something. They think when you got triggered that you're saying that it didn't feel too good. Somebody like shot me with something and I'm still responding to that trigger. So those that set off sadness, triggers usually set off. Um, and, and, and we remember those, I'm going to say. Because triggers don't always send off bad signals, but we always seem to remember the sad moments, the anger, the fear, as well as the hurt, the shame, and the despair or disgust, right? We've been triggered and traumatized. Our bodies engage the survival response, like fighting, fleeing, or freezing, Certain things put me in fight mode more than anything. Like, I will freeze, but usually I'm not going to stay there for long. My first response is usually my last response. If I'm going to flee, I usually flee. Um, if I'm going to fight, I usually fight. If I'm going to freeze, I'm usually freezing. I'm not going to freeze, then run. Or I'm not going to, you know... I usually use one method for each situation, right? If I'm leaving a relationship, I'm gone. I'm I'm in flight. If I'm going to fight for my relationship, I'm in fight mode to the end. If I'm going to just freeze and stay there, eh, nah, that doesn't work for me. I got to feel something. I can't just freeze. Most frozen things don't feel anything. They're stuck. I try not to stay stuck. So I'm either fight or, or flee, right? Our hearts might race. We break into a sweat. We go cold. Ooh. I woke up the other night from a dream, and I mean, my heart was beating so fast. I had my, um, my eye watch on, and it literally had my heart rate, which my rested heart rate is like 60, 70. My heart rate was almost up in the hundreds. So in my dream, I was doing something that had triggered uh, some fighting and flighting because I'm telling you, I was doing something and I remember I was sweating, I was going, and when I woke up, I was just sat up in the bed, but it was like my heart was racing and beating so fast. Whatever had happened, my, my, uh, my body just had went into a nervous situation. So the sympathetic nervous system is activated to save us from perceived harm. Right? My nervous system, my sympathetic, sympathetic, sympathetic nervous system, the system that I work out of, where my sympathy note, my nervous system, all of that is, it, it went into this mode where everything that was within me um, protected me. And it actually woke me up. So, often we flee too fast and fight too hard and freeze too long. <laughs> I love this part. Like, we fight too fast, right? And... We flee, I'm sorry, we flee too fast, we fight too hard, and we freeze too long. I told you I'm not a stuck person. 
I can't stay stuck. I have to move. I love to move. These reactions can start to interfere with our ability to live our lives. When a trigger leads only to a survival reaction, it's a dead end. When you start only surviving and not thriving, you're at a dead end. You have to thrive. I wanted to sneeze. But they can lead us to healing too. They can point us to where we can have personal work to do. And that's the part I want us to talk about. When a trigger accomplishes that nudge towards, it can be a true boom. You got to let the trigger nudge you to healing. Not make you freeze. You got to fight. Don't run from it. It's a nudging feeling that says, no, fight through this. Fight through this and you'll be just fine. Keep fighting. Still triggers are tricksters. Our reaction can happen so fast that they erase the distance between stimulus and response. And it makes us feel like they're the same thing. Sometimes we don't know if we're in fight, flight, what mode we're in, right? So we start getting tricked and we, we we try to handle our triggers but when we develop the tools to handle our triggers then we transform a two-part experience into a three-part practice we have the trigger we have the reaction that can that can become a trigger to reaction to a resource so think about that. You, the trigger creates a reaction that the reaction brings about resources. Triggers create reactions that reactions bring about resources, right? With enough practice, you can build yourself an actual uh, um resource center I call it toolbox I have a toolbox for everything for my wellness for my triggers things that I need to do for myself if I feel myself getting in a confrontation and I can walk away just walk away Trish that's when I flee but then I go somewhere and I fight through the feeling of what I felt so I can come back and talk about it yeah Triggers thrive on the illusion that we can't trust ourselves. But once we have access to inner resources, we can learn to catch ourselves instead of reacting blindly. Then we can trust what we can handle and what we feel. We can learn how to trust what we feel and what we should do with what we feel. Should we fight through this thing? Should we flee from this thing? Is this thing going to trigger something that's going to harm me? Is it going to bring me to healing? Or should I just freeze right here and stay stuck forever? Something is telling me I need to work through this. As we become more assured, the arrows don't penetrate so deeply. I love that. Like they don't hurt. So much. There's this old song that say, it just don't hurt no more. After a while, the pain gets less and lesser and duller and duller. It's like, yeah, whatever. You know, yeah, I seen that. I heard that. I heard um, the mayor of St. Louis said while she was doing an interview, it was some shots fired up in the air or somewhere. 
And they asked her, was she nervous when the shots fired? She said, I go to sleep to gunshots. I, I live here. I know what we got going on in this city. So I don't flee from it. I'm fighting for these things to be changed. She didn't even flinch. Let's no flee. <laughs> she didn't even flinch. She kept right on talking and they was, the people that was standing behind her was like, they were scared. But she, they asked her, was you afraid? She said, no. And they were clearly heard. It's not like she didn't think they were gunshots. They didn't sound like little pop rocks. They were gunshots. So sometimes it gets so normalized that you get used to it. You just get used to it. So as you become more assured, the arrows don't penetrate. We develop a thick enough skin to cope with our world and its shadows rather than hiding from them. Come on, somebody. Stop hiding from your own shadow. Stop hiding. Yeah, this one finna get thick, baby. It's Thick Thursday. We talking about triggers. This gonna be longer than 20 minutes, so you might as well get your pencil and paper out. So we can talk about where does triggers originate from. See, not all strong emotions, responses, or triggers reaction. Not all of them trigger your reactions. As I just said, if you receive news about the sudden death of a friend or a relative, it's as sane and sensitive to react with shock and grief. But what about when somebody tells you somebody died that you didn't even know? Or like a grandparent that you never met or someone in the family that you wasn't too fond of. You may not be as reactive as somebody that you were close with. So some things trigger us in a different way. They trigger us in a different way. Your body experiences an automatic change in heart rate, breathing, pulse, and brain activity. This is not something to be avoided, nor is it healthy to try to control it. You got to deal with it. We need to deal with this, these triggers and stop running from them. I hear a lot of people say, I don't want to hear that song. I don't want to do this no more. Girl, that's my past. I don't want to deal with it. I didn't already got rid of it. No, you didn't. Because if you did, you would be able to deal with what you're dealing with and not run from it. So let's talk about this, the or origin of the triggers, right? When we react this strongly to a less significant event, though, it's likely that the past is invading the present. In my work as a pastor and a life coach, I see nine char characteristics or categories of triggers. Number one is feeling self-conscious, such as when we, we're alone in a group or comparing ourselves. That's a trigger. Being discounted, such as when someone stands up or ignores our calls. That could be at work when you're feeling misunderstood, when you're feeling like you are um, not seen, not heard. Right? Um, feeling, number three, feeling we are controlled, such as when someone is making a decision for us or telling us what to do or how to feel. 
I can't even tell y'all guys. I don't know how women put up with domestic violence relationships because I don't know how to be controlled by anything other than the G.O.D. I, I just don't. And I'm not knocking anybody. Hey, just please listen to this podcast. Write these things down. Start learning how to fight through those feelings. And why do you feel that you're not valued enough to be loved? Right? So let's talk about number four. Feeling taken advantage of, such as when someone falls, fails to pay us back on a loan or anything. I just made that one up, but like feelings of being taken advantage of. I don't like to feel that and not just with no loan, not just with no money, any kind of way. What I'm finding is that a lot of people want to talk to you and until they have all the information they need from you or until they have somebody else to carry them, then you don't hear from them anymore. Now I know why people are so secretive because the more it seems that they give out to other people freely and people don't pay for that information, then guess what happens? They feel discounted or used. Hmm. Feeling vulnerable, right? Such as when we're in a situation in which we feel exposed. <laughs> I'm an open book, exposed, right? Number six, relationship experiences such as, such as when we're lonely or when we are uh, making new friends, right? Those are very stressful, triggering situations. Seven, boundary concerns, such as when someone is coming at us while, you know, they disrespecting our space or walking up on us or have no boundaries at all, worth ethics or boundaries or anything like that. I get that. Um, I'm super friendly, so sometimes I guess I may feel like people may think I'm overstepping their boundaries and I'm learning to at such an age. I'm learning to respect people's boundaries and what they need and what they don't need from me anyway. Number eight is feeling uncomfortable about what is happening. I told you I can't stand for people to tell me they're going to talk to me later or tell me anything about we need to talk. And that might be in another week or it's Friday. And they like the stories that cliffhangers. I used to hate that from Friday. You have to wait all the way to Monday. That drives me complete. That's a trigger for me. Don't tell me what you're going to tell me and then don't tell me. <laughs> don't tell me what you're going to tell me and then tell me. Yeah, I said that. Don't do that. Um, or when someone's words or actions disagree with our values, right? So me feeling uncomfortable about what is happening and someone is dealing with my values or going against my values and what I'm feeling and I can't even speak up for myself is really a trigger for me. Like, I get anxious. Number nine, fearing about what might happen, such as when a threat appears imminent, right? 
Notice that every trigger on this list, while unpleasant, is a given of life and relationships. They're going to happen. Every last single one that I just read to you is going to happen. You're going to feel self-conscious. You're going to be discounted. You're going to feel you are controlled. You're going to feel taken advantage of. You're going to feel vulnerable. Your relationship, you're going to experience relationship. Boundary concerns is bound to happen. You're going to feel uncomfortable about what is happening. And you're going to fear the unknown, which is what might happen. Right? So, it's a given that all of the life and relationships, that all those triggers are going to happen. This is the way life and people are sometimes. Human interactions come with the possibility of disappointment. So none of us is entitled to a life with no triggers. So like I said, let's try learn how to manage our triggers. How do we know when they can become a resource to us instead of a reaction to us, right? A trauma is a shocking Injuring event where we are powerless over the outcome. During a traumatic, that's why people say trauma-informed, right? We want to talk about being trauma-informed. During a traumatic experience, we often disassociate from what's happening because the experience is too painful. This makes the memory of it difficult to retrieve. It could take years to feel a feeling we've kept repressed and suppressed. And none of this can happen until our inner clock tells us we are ready to address the pain. So, in my life, things have come up um, in my 32 years of, of clean time. Things have come up that I had totally forgot about. And I have frozen in time. I have frozen that incident in time because it was traumatic for me. But once it came up, I knew I was able to deal with it or God would never have revealed it. But I had to figure out how to talk about it. I had to figure out how to deal with it. So I know we talk a lot about, um, you know, throwing in the sea of forgetfulness, never to rise again. And we love that saying that we don't have to, um, you know, deal with things any longer and blah, blah, blah. But I'm one of those people that believe we should deal with um, those things. We should address those things. Because if you want to heal and you want to heal others, then you first got to learn how to be able to deal with your hurt and your pain and your past. And I'm not saying everything going to come up at one time. And as I'm more I learn to teach people and the more I give suggestions and the more I'm talking to people, the more stuff pops in my head. And I'm like, wow, I need to be quiet over talking about that because I ain't dealt with mine. But I realized by talking with them, they helped me work through minds. So, a trigger, however, disregards our timing and hurts us into the 
to the bodily memory of trauma because we're ready to face it consciously. This is why we often feel such a childlike powerlessness when we're triggered. That's why we become like little children again. Because it disregards our timing and it hurts us into the bodily memory of trauma. Right? So we first have to come become very conscious of what we're thinking about. Yet we don't need to blame ourselves for this. Our bodies have only our survival in mind. So it will shut down if it's not ready to deal with it. And it will rise up against those thoughts. Mm, I'd say something right there. It will rise up against that place that's trying to keep you stagnated. Your body will be able to rise up and fight through that thing if you allow it. But the more you suppress it, the more you get sicker, the more trauma, the more you find yourself becoming um, shrinking in those areas and building a place that's unhealthy for you. And that's how the dis-ease of what's going on in your body becomes a disease. It becomes a disease. Because you won't fight and you won't fight, fight through whatever that is that's attacking your body and your mind. You're frozen. And the body starts attacking itself. Because of the trauma. So, we can learn to notice and then question the intensity of a trigger and the responses. When we're reacting to a perceived slight. As if someone is trying to undermine us. You know, that's slight. Don't slight me. I ain't slight you. Don't slight. This ain't no slight. I'm sorry, sister. I, I wasn't trying to slight you. Or, brother, this ain't no slight. I, I'm not, you know, slighting you. So, someone trying to undermine us. Or, it feeds back from a co-worker as a full-scale judgment of character. You better talk about it. I just had this going on yesterday. We can stop and say, yes, it is this way. And what is going on with me? This allows us to explore ourselves rather than blame others for our reactions. The more we become able to accept reality with our unconditional yes, the less apt we are to be triggered. You hear what I'm saying? You better learn how to just talk about it and be about it and get it on over with. So let's build a trigger toolbox. I hope you got your pencils and papers out. Our ancestors, yes, our black ancestors, BIPOP ancestors, yes, they learned to make tools at least 2 million years ago to help them handle their needs. Today, we have a variety of tools, including inner resources to help us handle ours. There are some of the specific coaching mechanisms to help us respond rather than react to our own triggers. Number one, you need to name that thing. Come on, I'm going to go through this toolbox and I'm going to be out your way in five minutes. In the well-known fairy tale with Rumpelstiltskin, discovering his name means being free of his threats. Likewise, we could keep a written list with the names of our familiar, often repeated triggers. 
These could be particular people, words, places, or behaviors. Being on the lookout for our triggers makes us ready for them. Then we what? We learn how to deal with them instead of reacting or running from them. We learn how to stand toe in toe. So now we talk about Rumpelstiltskin. Remember, if he knew his name and he had to name his name, discovering his name meant he was being free of all his threats. Number two, seek the source. Identifying the source of the trigger reactions, a, spe a specific event or trauma is central to freeing yourselves from it. Triggers based on past trauma show us where the past invades the present. But they also allow us to look directly into the hidden world of who we are. When we accurately locate where a trigger comes from, for instance, I noticed that I can usually reduce its wallop, right? So I can, I can, I can, I can usually cut that head off of it and get rid of that snake that's trying to invade my space because now I know you're coming for me. I know you're coming for me. It's been 32 years of clean time today for me. And you mean to tell me when somebody still call you an addict or a dope fiend, you mad? Girl, please go sit down somewhere. Go sit down somewhere. 32 years. And if you still got a problem with somebody calling you a name, then you need to deal with that because it's been too long for me to even let you let me wear that jacket. Number three, be aware of projection. Trigger reactions are about projection. For example, if one of your parents was angry and violent towards you, you might be triggered by anger in others today. This is because your body fears the repetition of that original sequence. Even though that person is not violent and they aren't in inevitably linked to your trauma. But just the fact of them getting loud or them having anything can trigger you. Or maybe your first love left you for someone else. And now you're unsure of your attractiveness in every new relationship. We predict outcomes based on past experiences. While it's always possible that anger will lead to violence or your new love interest will fall in love with somebody else, that would be a coincidence, not a given. You didn't already made it happen in your head. And you're attracting this type of energy, right? Most important, when we make our reactions all about other people, it leaves us powerless. But when we make it about ourselves, we like, girl, go somewhere. Please, I got this, right? And we take a step towards healing and letting go of the original injury. You got to learn how to let it go. Heal and not let it harm you. Number four, notice the hyper-arousal signs. Notice the hyper-arousal signs. The signs, the things that are getting louder around you. Those signs when you're triggered, your cortisones and your adrenaline course, it, they, they just rush you. They rush through you. 
So we might feel fragile, disorganized, disoriented. We're unable to self-regulate in that moment. So the first order of business is to focus. Focus on what is real. In the real time. You're not back there. You're here. So notice that. Don't fight your inner voice, number five. If you're being triggered by an incident, don't rely with an opposing opinion. Don't, don't come out with an opposing opinion. That reaction will only start an argument with the force whose sole training and mission is to put you down. Don't give them the, the tools to, 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 to drown you, to, put, to pick up that shovel and throw dirt on you. Don't give people the tools. Speak your truth. Instead, try using that inner critic's voice as a bell announcing it's time for a break. Whatever, boom, gotta go. It can remind you to deploy and just leave like that. Like an affirmation, I trust myself to do the best I can, right? Trust yourself to do what you know is the best for you. If you gotta walk away, walk away. If you got to stop arguing or you got to just shut down before you say something, just shut down. Those are freeing moments, not fleeing moments and not freezing moments because you're free from the stigma of what you may or may not do. I'm going to just shut down on you and keep it moving, right? You don't want to deal with all of that. So trust yourself to handle whatever happens. Then those inner voices can become tools to help you resolve it later. Or even evolve around it and just say, forget it. Number six, practice knowing and showing your emotions. Emotions are like muscles. <gasps> you got to build them. They develop in healthy ways by being used appropriately. Likewise, if we're hitting by emotions like anger or sadness, for most of us, right? Or most of our lives. We are, our ability to cope with the feelings become, stunt, become stagnated and stunted. This is one reason a reaction may feel awkward or exaggerated when we're triggered. As we practice our emotions as muscles and knowing and showing our emotions, we become less likely to react inappropriately when we have strong feelings about something. Number seven. Simply take a breath. Remember, we're building a toolbox. Just take a breath. When we're triggered, we lose our, our, our objectivity. We may feel like the wind is knocked out of us. This makes us much harder and makes it much harder to say what needed to be said. Try stepping away for a moment to let the ego calm down. This makes it easier to communicate non-judgmentally about the effect someone's actions or an experience has on us. Number eight, try an echo response. If someone is shaming or insulting us, we can simply repeat aloud to that person slowly the exact words that are triggering. This creates a pause that can prevent us from being bowled over or feeling victimized in any style. We are directing the energy 
back to its source. Send it back to the pits of hell from which it came. Move on. I love that. Number nine, be ready for these people. And I'm going to give you this one because it's the holidays. We're going to be around friends and family and people that have hurt us, harmed us. We've had disagreements with even your church family. You're going to be around them. And guess what? Family members know every one of our buttons and exactly how and when to push them. It's no wonder that we're often at our most reactive times around them. We are so aroused by the family. Like, we can get it popping, right? We can really go off. If you know a particular family member is a challenge for you, be on the lookout for them. Be as present, uh, present as you can, and if the situation reaches fever pitch, vacate the premises. Leave it. Drop it. Peace. Talk to y'all later. Love you. Left my gift up under the tree, and I'm going on home so I can be. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Number 10, find the humor. It is possible to find the humor in a triggering situation. This is one of the fastest ways to defuse the stress response. I'm always laughing about something. 11, know you're not alone. We become easily victims of our triggers when we believe that everyone else is able to control theirs. No, they ain't. No, they ain't. Triggers lose a lot of power when we realize people we trust and admire are affected in the same way we are. It may not be the same exact word, place, person, thing, uh, situation. You know, people say church hurt ain't real. No, the building ain't hurt me. It was people that hurt me. Right? So sometimes when you go places and you see that same old attitude, them same old people acting the same old way, you already ready to flee. But you got to learn how to stand and fight. Just stand and fight. Um, so no, you're not alone. 12, seek therapy. If a, a particular trauma trigger is created, unmanageable stress, seek professional help. Therapy, coaching. Get somebody, get you a mentor, talk about it, be about it, be able to you know, really, really dig into that thing and seek therapy. But make sure you talk to somebody that's going to help pull you out and not leave you there or run around with your business, right? 13, practice acceptance of it. And upsetting and challenging as triggers can be, it can help to remember that we are one of the bodies, that it is one of the body's ways to point us towards our own healing and wholeness. Triggers that were not created to harm us. They were created to heal us. And every one of us has them. Similar triggers happen to all of us. They are simply part of life. Practice, I would say my last one, practice the serenity prayer. What we cannot change, we got to know. Knowing that people will say and do things that set us off, for instance, is a way to be kind to ourselves. We don't have to accept abuse, but we can learn to take and stride that triggers, that triggering events will happen. They are going to happen. They are bound to happen. So take that into your heart. Ask God to heal you. 
Ask God to heal the harm so that you can start being able to know what is hurting you. I want you guys to have a wonderful holiday. I want you guys to enjoy your your time, the presence of the people and not the presence under the tree. Enjoy your time with people. Today was triggering Thursdays. Today we're talking about trauma and triggers and all of those things that we need to think about what we're thinking about. And when we are at a point where we could deal, we can actually build us a toolbox, a triggering toolbox. We can, number one, name it. We can seek the source, number two. We can be aware of projection, number three. We can notice the hyper arousal signs around us, number four. We can, we can, um, don't fight the inner voice inside of us, number five. We can practice knowing the showing of our emotions, number six. Number seven says we could take a breather. Number eight, try an echo response. We can be ready, number nine, for our family and friends. Number 10, we can find some humor in it. Number 11, knowing you're not alone. Number 10, seek coaching. Hit me up. Let's talk about it. Number, number 13 is practice acceptance. And number 14 is a freebie. Learn the serenity prayer. God. Grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change, the courage, the wisdom, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Now, did you just see I didn't even know the difference? Sometimes you just got to slow down, let it be what it be, and let it do what it do. This is Coach P, and I'm just a black girl that know that I am not a rock, but I do rock. I'm sending this out to all my loved ones, all my friends, all my family that know that you have some trauma that you need to deal with. There's some triggers and you got to know how to deal with it and, and not just have you some triggers, but have your toolbox and have an answer for every trigger and every trauma and every traumatic experience in your life. God has already blessed you with that. He blessed you with his presence. So don't look for the presence under the tree. Look for his holy presence. God bless you. Talk to you next week. I don't know if it's winning Wednesday or if it's going to be Treasure Thursday, but I will talk to you soon. God bless.